Greg and Josh are not paid critics. They are not experts, nor do they claim to be. They are just two nerds that love to talk about internet shows. However, they're still going to tell you about what they think. So sit down, relax, and enjoy the latest episode of All Queued Up. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of All Queued Up. I'm your host Greg Deeds with Moe, it's Josh Fisher. How you doing, buddy? I'm 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 doing all right. You're you're at like a twelve. I'm gonna need you to come down with like a seven. I'm sorry, I just had a lot of energy. I don't know what to do with it. Uh, uh well, uh, you must have just got done jerking it based on the information you revealed in the <laughs> last week. No, I just had to diet Dr. Peppers before we recorded, and I think it's hitting me now. I was tired. Oh, now I'm like now I'm like why the hell awake. Oh. Oh man. So uh, uh, answer your question though. I'm awesome. <laughs> How are you doing? Good. I'm doing good. I uh, uh, as a 36 year old, almost 37, I've been driving lately, uh, and that sounds weird. Uh, but I recently got my license or my, my my driver's permit because I. It's a long story, and I'll probably tell the whole thing next week on uninhibited. Um, but I've had a lot of misfortune trying to get my license since I was 21. No, 18. Sorry. Yeah. I tried when I was 18 and it's just been unfortunate situation after unfortunate situation. So finally at the age of 36, I'm trying again and I've been, uh, driving a lot lately and there's a lot of things I get just to, just to clarify what I mean by that, Josh, like, you know how, when you're in a car with somebody else and they don't break when you would then maybe they break later or sooner or whatever and, and you're just like fake breaking yeah kind of that but also in the idea of like you're just kind of it's <laughs> there's just little things like so i drove all day today and then around like two o'clock i was like i've been driving for four hours i'm gonna let my dad drive right so he gets in the driver's seat and we're heading towards a location and he braked like way later than I would have. And I just like in the middle of whatever I was telling him, I went, I get it now. I totally get it. And he goes, get what? And I was like, I get why other people in the car get angry at other some at the driver for, you know, braking too early. And he just starts laughing. <laughs> so yeah, there's little things like that that have been interesting learning. Like I'm like, Oh, that's, uh, that's what everyone's bitching and complaining about. I, I get the whole getting angry at other drivers, by the way. Jesus Christ. Dude, I flat out, I will not, um, like, go anywhere with my mom. Like, if she's she's like, hey, I need to run here. You want to go with me? I'll be like, no, I'm good. And then, you know, maybe she has to go the same place I need to go. I would still rather ride with Misty than my mom. Because my mom is one of the world's worst drivers, and she scares the ever-loving shit out of me. <laughs> it's an adventure every time, huh? Dude, there have been times I've tried to open up the fucking door and jump out of the vehicle while it's moving. She's <laughs> I'll risk death right now rather than stay in here to achieve it. <laughs> That's amazing. No, no, let me tell you what she did one time before we get into anything. We were, you know, I live in, uh, in the mountains and we have a lot of coal mines here where we live, right? 
Yeah. My county is the only county in the state that does not have a stretch of four lane highway in it. All two lane roads, with the exception of a couple of hills here and there, where they have a passing lane, it's a third lane going uphill so you can get around coal trucks. Um, one day we were going somewhere and there were two coal trucks side by side, and my mom was pissed. She just whips it around to the right on the fucking shoulder right next to the ditch in the road and shoots by these two coal trucks at 60 miles a fucking hour in gravel. Well, fun. Oh, no, no, not fucking fun. (laughs) Especially when you're expecting her to break and drive like a normal fucking citizen would. But no, Oh man. Oh, God. I scared my dad today. I was trying to get over into the left lane because I knew I'd make a left-hand turn eventually. Mm-hmm. And uh, these two cars were in the left lane next to me. And they and I had my blinker on for fucking ever, and they would not adjust their speed. And I'm like, if I could just get in between, you'd be great. Like, I'm not trying to fucking break the speed limit. Like, I, I'm, I, I don't need that right now. Um, and I was getting so fucking frustrated. I was like, one of you slow down or speed up. For fuck's sake. And neither of them gave a shit. Neither of them gave any of a shit. And they're not going to. Other drivers are not going to be considerate. Always expect that. You either need to speed up or slow down. So I just said fuck it. And I just floored it and went past the first car and merged. And dad's like, what the fuck was that? It's like, I need to get over the left lane. Because we need to go left. Fuck. Uh, It was really funny. But yeah. Um, so there's yeah, little well, things, there's little things that I'm, I'm noticing. Like, I just, it's really funny. Um, and I knew that was going to happen. I, I, I very much knew that was going to happen. Like I was just going to experience that sort of thing. But, um, one of the funny things, so I have a, I have a small story to tell you. You'll find this funny. I, again, have been learning how to drive since I was like eight, like maybe 17. Um, off and on for quite a while. Half for quite life. a while, yeah, yeah. yeah. Again, I'll tell the I'll tell the whole story next week. But because of that, there are things that I've just inherently known. Like for example, when you back up a car and you're trying to back out of like a space slowly, or you're just trying to move the car in a slow backwards position to maybe you know you're just backing up the car, you use the brake. You don't actually use the gas unless you're really trying to move fast, right? Uh well, my nephew of 14 years old didn't know that. <laughs> uh, so on Saturday, um, my sister was in town from Missouri to see a few friends she didn't get to meet while she was here on Christmas. And uh, so on Saturday morning, um, we were all supposed to meet at this uh, um, southern uh, restaurant called Huckleberries. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I text her when we got there and I said, Hey, we're here. Where are you? And she says, I'm dealing with some family shit. I'll tell you about it later, but I'll be there soon. And I said, okay, half an hour goes by. I've already reserved. I like, I, you know, told them that, you know, six people, I guess when you want, you always add an extra person, regardless of the number of people. Uh, she says she'll be there, you know, soon, whatever. So about, about 1030, she texts me and says, um, and not so many words. I'll tell you more about it later. Nathan wrecked the truck. Yeah. And I went, okay. 
thinking like, oh, Nathan and Dustin are learning how to drive and Nathan fucked up, right? That's what I'm thinking. The actual story, and I saw the video because they have house cameras. Um, Nathan and his friend want to play some basketball. Instead of going to the hoop across the way, where I can see you can see a basketball hoop in an empty parking area, an empty driveway, they needed to use the one where my my brother-in-law Michael's work truck, you know, the truck that no one's supposed to drive but him, is in the mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. Instead of going upstairs and saying, "Hey, Dad, can you move the truck?" Nathan decides he's going to move it himself. Uh... He doesn't know this rule about the brake. Oh boy. His friend Josh decides I'm going to hang on the door. In this process, Nathan hits the gas. Flies huh. the truck backwards, taking out two neighbors' mailboxes, including theirs, ruining the back camera on the truck and denting the the tailgate. Huh. And his friend Josh Rolled under the car door, breaking his wrist in three parts, needing to now have surgery. Oh, my. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's. Huh. So talking to my sister about, she shows me the video. I saw the whole thing, like the whole damn thing. And I was like, that's terrifying. Like, holy shit. That's that had to have been scary for both of them. Uh, so Lily. Heads back to Missouri. She takes a flight back. She, we, My mom texts her yesterday and says, so what kind of trouble is Nathan in? Nathan's in no trouble. Other than he has to physically repair the mailboxes. It's his job now to, you know, his dad's going to help him because he doesn't really know carpentry, but he has to fix the mailbox. He has to put in the legwork into that. But as for being grounded, he's not grounded. And you might go like, why would a 14-year-old not be grounded for doing something that stupid? Right, because Nathan is the kind of kid to punish himself. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's super fucking remorseful. Feels extremely bad about it. And uh, Josh's parents are like, "No, Josh was there. <laughs> like we saw the video. It was. <laughs> it's just as much Josh's fault as is Nathan's." So, um, even though Josh has to have surgery, you know, on his arm, they're you know they're not pursuing any legal action towards the, you know, that that's, that's a tough lesson learned for them two kids, man. It is a tough lesson. I think that's why Nathan's not grounded because he's, uh, he's, he's going to feel so much guilt over that for a long time to come. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, but yeah, so, so Nathan, Nathan's not grounded. He's just, he's just going to have to do some, some, uh, some work and then, uh, feel guilt over free for a very long time. So he should be all right. But yeah, I was just, uh, I couldn't believe that. I was like, I was, I watched the video and I just, I like my whole body like tensed up when his friend was like rolling on the grass. I was like, Oh God, no, it was rough. But yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's a hell of a thing to hear. Oh, the no worst, yeah. The worst that like ever happened here with my brothers was, uh, Jeff, and I use quotation fingers because I don't think he took it as stealing, but he took the van. He like grabbed the keys and took the van. I think he was like 13 at the time. Hmm. He didn't take it very far, but he took it and I was like, okay. So 
My parents scrounged him for a while over that one. But yeah, so, you know, I just mentioned that because I thought it was an interesting story. But yeah, there's that. Uh, other than that, Josh, you want to talk about a show? I mean, I could. Okay. <laughs> um, so guys, what we're going to talk about today, if, if you're new to the podcast, which well, Josh and I always start off with a brief little conversation. Um, Josh and I here talk about two shows in their entirety from an internet streaming platform like Netflix, Amazon Prime, uh, YouTube Premium. I always say, almost would say red now. Uh, Disney we give Plus. Our, yeah, we give our thoughts. At, oh yeah, Disney Plus. Jesus Christ, I forgot about Disney Plus. Um, with the Marvel shows coming out, which there was a lot of stuff with the Marvel shows, by the way, that recently yeah. leaked. Leaked-ish. Yeah. But they're going to be introducing a lot of stuff on all three of those shows. Four of those shows um, if you count. Uh, what if? The, yeah, the what if. Well, what if's that, not going to be canonical, though. It's its own timeline stuff. Yeah. I know that with, with uh, Loki, WandaVision, and uh, uh, Winter Soldier and Falcon, or Falcon Winter Soldier... They're going to be introducing very likely sword and um, thunderbolts, and then with uh, Loki, the one of the leaked footage or pictures was that the time variance authority is going to be there. Very cool. Which, if you know anything about the comics and you kind of understood that he took the fucking tesseract, like you're like, ah, oh, that's probably where that was going. <laughs> um, at least that was my thought process, but. Um, so yeah, we're gonna be definitely watching those shows when they premiere. But yeah, uh, but that's months and months and months down the road. Sure. Uh, but yeah, Josh and I talk about all the shows that we watch in their entirety, give our thoughts and impressions, and then give a grade at the end. Uh, the two shows we're gonna be watching today are Altered Carbon season two and Hunters, which you can find on Amazon Prime. Uh, Josh, which show would you like to start with? Oh uh, well, you know I've already got the page for Hunters pulled up with a synopsis here. There you go. There we go. It was also the first show that both of us watched, so there's that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, it also came out like two weeks prior. That's true. Um, this was interesting because we were originally going to talk about Horse Girl, which premiered on Netflix last week or the week before, starring mm-hmm. uh, uh, Allison Brie. But uh, Josh found a uh, much more interesting idea for a topic. Or maybe not found, but started well, watching I, anyway. I was I was going to be watching it anyway, so I was watching it, and I messaged messaged you that Saturday night when I started. I was like, "Dude, you need to check this show out." And you're like, "Well, should we just switch it to a review?" And I was like, "I'm all for it." So that's what we did. Yeah, because I remember picking Horse Girl as like a oh, we don't have anything else. So, yeah, pretty much. But yeah, if you'd like to give the uh, lovely listeners a synopsis of uh, Hunters, please and thank you. Well, it's set in 1977 in New York City, uh, and it's inspired by a number of real life Nazi hunters throughout the decades, but it's not meant to represent any specific person. Um, but it does follow a diverse band of Nazi hunters living in New York city in 1977 who discover that Nazi war criminals 
who are who are now living in the United States with new identities posing as U.S. citizens, and they are conspiring to create the Fourth Reich in the United States. So they're plotting to take them out systemic, systematically one by one. And this series stars Al Pacino and Logan Lerman as the two main characters. Al Pacino is by far the most surprising uh, actor for this show because I don't think I've ever seen him in kind of a goofy role before. And this definitely felt more like a goofy role. Like not as serious as what I've seen him in. It definitely had some serious tones to it. But yeah, this is very... uh... This this show is very grindhouse, as you would say. Yeah, like I think my dad and I were talking about it today, and because we can't stop talking about it, well, you'll find out why in a minute, everybody. Um, it uh, it like I'll put it this way: if Meyer Al Pacino's character at any point in the show said that he wanted some Nazi scalps, it would have made sense. <laughs> Like, people don't. Uh, Quentin Tarantino makes grindhouse movies. He just does, straight up. Yeah. Um, and uh, and Glorious Bastards is definitely a grindhouse style film. This show has a very like uh similar feel, if you ask me. Yeah, I I didn't know the appropriate term, and I was like, man, this show feels so Tarantino esque in places. And you said to me, oh, you mean Groundhouse? I was like, you know, that's that's exactly it. Because yeah. I was trying to have, I was having a difficult time uh, placing ago, how to describe it. Years ago, and I miss it dearly, um, there was a, uh, a summer film festival six weeks in a row where um, a bunch of weirdos, lovable weirdos, would get together and they, we would all watch a B-movie, Groundhouse movie, whatever you want to call it. Um, one night a week for six weeks during the summer. Fucking loved it because they would take the lobby and change everything. And then the movie was also like super fun. And we would just like heckle it and whatnot, but not too much. Um, yeah. It was a blast. I fucking loved trash film orgy. It was the fucking best, but um, that like this show had a very much strong feel towards like an homage to that stuff. Like Roxy is a she's a black exploitation character. Um uh the Lonnie, he is um he is that that's like no joke, I haven't seen the movie yet, but apparently uh uh Leonardo DiCaprio's character is almost identical to Lonnie. Oh from uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Well, that movie drops on stars later this month, so I will be. Oh, uh, I know. I need to see that. I'm actually going to watch Knives Out tonight. Speaking of nice, that. nice. But um, but yeah. So like all these characters, and even in the second episode, they kind of have a really strong direct homage. Mm-hmm. Where my brother kind of pointed this out. I don't know if you feel the same way, Josh, but episode one didn't feel grindhousey it was like two and on felt great no no episode one did not episode one didn't really set the tone no it's that not. regard it set the theme <laughs> it set the theme but not the tone episode yeah. two set the tone yeah. and it kept that tone but not only is it very like 
the and when we say groundhouse, you know, I mean, how do I describe it? For somebody who doesn't know what a groundhouse style yeah, montage it's is. It's hard to explain. So during the 70s, there was a lot of films that had come out that were silly, over the top, um, uh, uh, didn't take themselves too seriously, but also had a very low budget and, and would do things that, didn't, that, that weren't in reality by any stretch of the imagination. The best example is most recently, if you've ever heard of when they when uh, Robert Rodriguez and Tarantino did a uh, a thing called the Grindhouse, which are just Grindhouse in theaters, oh, where yeah. they had two movies together. It was uh, Planet Terror and uh, Death Proof. Yeah. Um, if you've watched any of those, if you've watched either of those, that is synonymous with Grindhouse type film. Grindhouse was always a double feature situation. Yeah, and Tarantino, he's always put a lot of groundhouse type segments in his movies. Absolutely. Um, like it's it's like, definitely like and touch, and, and kill Bill and kill Bill like when um she is giving the backstory on anything. It's always very groundhousey. Yes. Um, uh the other thing I would say that's very grindhousey um is the uh when a character gets their head cut off or their arm cut off and it's just a massive blood squirt. Like like they struck fucking oil in the, in, yeah. in Texas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's very grindhousey as well. Um Yeah, there's just a lot of stuff like that. And 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 I wouldn't say that Hunters is exactly that because it's still sent like it still grounds itself in reality. Yeah, um, it has the narrative elements of the groundhouse aspect ver- over the visual elements. Exactly, exactly. Which I thought was it worked very well for the show. Like it, oh, it was, it was detached from reality enough for me to have fun with it, but mm-hmm. not not far enough to where I was like, like I hate to say this, and I'm going to spoil a little bit of the show here, but the Auschwitz Museum. Oh, they were angry with some of the stuff that the show was portraying that the uh, camp guards were doing with the prisoners. They said stuff like that didn't happen. And they were worried. The reason that they didn't like it was because they were worried that because they don't really get upset about that sort of stuff. Like if you do alternate uh, like uh, revisionist history for the sake of entertainment, you're like, it's fiction, but it's, you know, it just is what it is. Um, like for example, they didn't really get mad at Inglorious Bastards, but they got yeah. mad at this because they were they were really angry that, or they were not really angry, but they were concerned that people seeing this show and believing that like people Human are chairs. saying, well, they're they were worried that it would bring out new Holocaust deniers. Oh yeah, yeah. Which which at that point I'm just like. If they if there's Holocaust deniers, the show's not going to turn people into Holocaust deniers. I'm sorry. No, they just that's that's a series of YouTube videos that somebody that doesn't have critical thinking skills spends. Mm-hmm. Are they doing? That's how you get or, Holocaust deniers. Or what deniers. we call what we call them in society morons. Um, I'm sorry. If you're a Holocaust denier, don't listen to this podcast. Go fuck yourself. Um. <laughs> I'm just going to say it. Like, I don't give a shit. I don't want a lot of Holocaust deniers listening to this podcast. Uh, um, but yeah, so like there's, there's over the top situations like that. Like the, um, the, the talent show situation, uh, the human chest, like you said, like all that stuff is, is false. 
but so are all the characters in the show. Um, yeah, the only they, one that's really actually based on anyone in particular is Ruth. Uh, uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The the grandmother. Is yeah. that her name? Yeah, Ruth. Yeah, Ruth. Yeah, yeah. Jonah's well, I mean, grandma. They she had, was loosely based on an actual Nazi hunter. Right. Well, they had the 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 actual Nazi hunter, the one that was famous for do for for his his hunting of Nazis in the seventies, um, sixties and seventies. They had him on the show. Like I don't remember who played him, and I don't remember his name for the fucking life of me. But he was in like episode eight or nine. But uh, they talked to him briefly, and he's real. In the like, he hunted Nazis for years, like up until the nineties. Wow. Yeah, like, um, but he did it like, like, okay, if you remember in the show when when uh, uh, Meyer goes up to him and says we need information, and he's like, I'm not helping you because I don't agree with your methods. Do you remember that guy? Yeah. That guy's real. Oh, that was him. Yes, that that guy is a hundred percent real. Um, and he hunted Nazis for. Uh, I'm trying to find the guy on Twitter right now or Facebook. Uh, let's see, real Nazi hunter, real, and that guy is actually Jewish, um, and he's a goddamn fucking hero. Simon uh, Weisenthal, Simon Weisenthal, hundred okay. percent. Like okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna save this picture, Josh, and send it to you, and you're gonna be like, holy shit, they look, he looks exactly fucking like him. Um, but. Uh, but yeah, like I thought that was. I didn't realize. Rad. I didn't realize that they got Judd Hirsch to play Simon Wiesenthal. Yeah. Until just ooh, holy damn! Yeah, like fucking hella close, right? So there's a lot of stuff in this show that's like accurate <laughs> to real Nazi hunting. Yeah, yeah, but it's also. It's very as, fictional. As accurate as it is in some aspects, it is even more factually inaccurate in lots of others. Yeah, like like the Nazis plot is totally fake. <laughs> yeah. But but I mean the 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 way they got here though, totally real. Oh yeah. That was honestly like I laughed. I had to pause the show. I was laughing so hard at that the Alabama shit really commercial. happened. Oh that was oh funny. yeah. Yeah, the so Alabama the, commercial was great, and then the little was, thing talking about Operation Paperclip, and then saying that shit really happened at the end was fucking awesome. Yeah, so I, I again, we're talking spoilers, guys. Just FYI, because it's kind of hard to talk about the show without talking spoilers. But we're we're gonna try to be as loose with them as possible. Yeah, this, uh, the opening the opening scene of this show, though, if it doesn't grab you and get you hooked. I don't know what's wrong with you. Um, that's what's so that's what's so bizarre about like certain tonal elements of the show. Um, like you said, the intro. It's amazing, right? Like the ch chess the chess match thing. No, the intro was the one character played oh. by Dylan Baker, uh, Biff Simpson, the Undersecretary of State. And the Carter administration, oh, he was secretly a Nazi refugee. He was having the barbecue at his house. His wife's there, his kids are in the pool. And then one of his employees come with his wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Well, don't yeah, don't don't say too much because I feel like that that opening scene that should hook you and get you into the show. And if it doesn't, probably the show's not for you. Let's say. <laughs> yeah. No shit. Sorry, I thought you were talking about the the actual like the 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 musical title opening card situation. Like for oh, every- that that's that's very cool though. It's in itself. It is uh, how they have like a miniature chessboard, you know, and the the actual characters like miniature representations of them as characters on the chessboard. That's very cool. Yeah, but no, I meant the actual scene, not the opening credits. Right. Um. Yeah, I, I like I said, I totally fucking misunderstood because that was the thing was uh, that that title card is uh, very seriously toned, like, mm-hmm. but. Even in that, even in that, like the the little figurines of the caricatures of over the top fucking grindhouse characters. Yeah, they're even on the chessboard, and it's just like, man, that's so brilliant. Like, oh, this it's just the show was a hundred percent for me. <laughs> like, it was just, I enjoyed every fucking minute of it. Oh, I, I loved it. I loved it. Al Pacino's great in it. I really loved uh, Josh Radner in this. You yes, know, he, yes, he. Uh, I've always been a big fan of him because one of my favorite shows, you know, I don't really technically enjoy a lot of sitcoms, but there's been a couple over the years that I really dig and how I met your mother was one of them. Right. And, you know, he was was the main character, Ted Mosby. Uh, But seeing him doing something completely removed and different from that was awesome. I didn't recognize him at first. I really didn't. I was like, oh, I did. I was like, as soon as I saw him, I was like, holy shit, Mosby's got a porn stash. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it was funny because my brain wanted to recognize him. Because I, again, I watched all 10, or is it 10 seasons? Nine. Nine. Uh, I've watched, I watched, I know I watched it all. And uh, so my brain was just like, who the fuck is that? Is that, is that, I thought at first my brain thought it was, uh, um, Oh my god. The guy who was uh Jim on The Office. Uh I've never seen The Office, so he's the dad on uh uh Quiet Place. Oh my god. Oh, John Krasinski. John Krasinski, thank you. Jesus Christ. I thought at first it was him. And then I saw his face again. I was like, no, it's not John Krasinski. Who the fuck is that? And then when it once he like actually had like a close speaking role, I was like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and at that's that just point, a test. at that point, I was just hoping for Bob Saget to start narrating this show. <laughs> so, kids, this is how I killed Nazis. Yeah, that would yeah. be a great fucking like. Holy <laughs> shit, <laughs> kids! Did I ever tell you about the time that I had to collect a hundred Nazi scouts from my unit commander? <laughs> You're fucking awesome. <laughs> um. I'll tell you who was an amazing actor in this that I don't think is getting enough credit. And that's the guy who played the fucking Nazi sociopath psychopath. I'm just going to call him a psychopath. The American as they called him. Oh, that guy, dude. Ooh, he yeah. was foreboding. Ooh, he, he was, was oh. great. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, Greg Austin. He played Travis Leach. Ooh, uh, man. Nazi acolyte drawn into the fourth rock. Hitman, you know he he's there to clean up messes and doing the boss uh, doing jobs for the colonel, who 
Uh, dude, Saul Rubinek and Carol Kane, though, as Mary and Mindy Markowitz, love oh. their performances. Yeah. Carol Kane can do no wrong in my eyes at this point. <laughs> She's dude. so fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah. And their story. Yeah, I'm not saying a word. I'm not I'm saying, not saying a, word. a word about what happens to them. Their story between the two of them made me fucking weep. Like, mm-hmm. weep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I almost didn't even want to say that much just because it's like, I feel like, I, I, I always have this thing about spoilers where I feel like a story is not hung up on its spoilers. But I feel like even though if you knew what happened to this, you would cry. And, or at least feel some kind of remorse, not remorse, but uh, sadness and uh, um, empathy. Grief, empathy, yeah. Um, but at the same time, like the experiencing it when it happens is so powerful in the show. It really is. And it's for that reason is why I tend to shy away from spoilers, if at all possible, because I want that full impact of something like that. Sure. Uh, sure. uh, You know, it doesn't always occur that way, but that's the preferred outcome. And this man, it's just like, and you know, I've had people say, oh, why would you want to watch something that makes you feel sad or makes you feel bad? Hey. I, don't, I don't know what your answer is for that, but mine's always because it's human. It, exactly. It's, it's, it's life. It's relatable. Stuff like that really does happen. Uh, you know, everything's not bubblegum unicorns and fucking rainbows 24 seven. I, I sit in my room and I watch these shows by myself. I watch most things by myself because all my friends live in other States or other, other cities. And I just don't get to hang out with them and, you know, directly. And when I'm in my room by myself and a show can actually make me laugh out loud. And I mean that genuinely, like if I can sit here by myself and go, I'd have to pause it. And yeah. I'm crying with laughter or I'm yeah. legit, I'm legit emotional over it. And like, I'm tearing up and I'm having that like <laughs> moment. Yeah. You've done a fucking stellar job because I'm yeah. by myself. Like my brain doesn't want to, like, it's incredible. If you can do that to me, you've done a great fucking job. This show did both. Yeah. And in the same episode. Uh, yes, maybe. Yes. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. Because that was the Alabama joke in the same episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. And then the yeah. following episode, too. Just, man, this. specifically. We're specifically not giving you lots of details. Just know the that the performances, the performances in this are, are wonderful. Well, why don't we uh, go ahead and get get grades out of the way so we don't say any more on accident? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and give it an A plus, man. Yep, same here. You just right. fuck it. Whatever Josh says, I agree with because it's an A plus show. <laughs> the the casting perfect. The actor performances are spot on. I that you're never bored in this. It's ten episodes. They're about forty-five. Well, no, they're they're right at an hour. One is almost an hour and a half. Right, right. So they, they range. Uh, they range. There's one episode that's like only forty minutes long. Yeah, it's like episode but, four or five or some shit like that. But for the most part, 
you know, you're going to be sitting there for the hour. Sometimes your jaw's going to be just wide open, like, holy shit, what did I just witness? Sometimes you're going to be laughing your ass off, and sometimes you are going to feel sorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the musical selection in this is fantastic. Oh, and the use of real life, uh, real life people in some aspects and the use of real life inspirations to tell a fictional story like this is, is well done. Very well done. There's only two shows in the past, like five years. I want to say five. I I could go back further, but I don't think I can that. I've actually got people to stop and rethink what they know about history. People have actually gone back and went, holy shit, there were Nazis that actually got brought to America and like helped us get to the moon and developed all this shit. Actual Nazis that committed atrocities. Yeah, I knew that because they taught us that in when I was in school. I I did too. I did too because I thought it was like, I love, here's one of my favorite things about history. There's a phrase that says, by the way, the other one was a Tulsa massacre. Um, Oh, and um, yeah, they, they actually, they've actually like, completely revised on teaching that in schools. Like, like genuinely they've added it to the curriculum because of that show. Oh, the Watchmen. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. I just read an article about it. Um, but, uh, um, for the sake of the Nazi thing here, like a ton of people on, on Facebook and Twitter that I've seen are just like, I need to go and research this. I need to go find out what's going on. And because of the show, they, they're like, that's happening. And uh, you don't see that very often. No, no, you don't. I love it when you can watch something that gives you such thorough enjoyment, but also at the same time makes you interested in learning about the actual history behind it. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. This show, man, like I don't, I don't want to use the phrase a perfect show very often because I want it to mean something when I say it, this show is perfect. In my mind, this show is perfect. I, mean, I don't want to. I don't want to rewatch a lot of shows. I I would love to rewatch the show. Yeah, absolutely, and I intend to when I have time. I just don't have time right now. Right, neither uh, do I. But yeah, man, Misty and I watched this show in its entirety. She sat down with me and watched every episode with me. She doesn't usually watch everything when we're doing reviews. But she watched every one of these. She watched also all of the next one that we're getting ready to talk about. Um, but yeah, she loved this too. And it's just like, man, I didn't want to start an episode without her. Uh, <laughs> that's that's got to be rough because you're just like, I want to watch the rest of the show. <laughs> like the, the first night we watched three episodes and I was like, God damn. Uh, uh, she fell asleep because she was really tired. And I could have watched another one, but I didn't. I just watched the rest of that one and then let her rewatch it first thing the next day. Uh, yeah. I Seriously, if you're listening to this podcast and, and you're looking for something to watch and you have Amazon Prime, please, please, please watch this show. Like, yeah. It, it, and if you've not checked it out already, this is definitely one that's high on the recommend list. Uh, uh, my, my, my folks watch a lot of shows that we watch um, because I recommend shit to them all the time. Um, still trying to get my dad to watch Altered Carbat. Uh, hmm. 
my brother's now on that train too. He's like, God, just, just fucking watch it. Um, like I got him to watch Witcher, so it was great. But I told both of them, I said, you really both have to watch the show. You have to. And they were just like, okay, well, we saw some trailers for it. It looks pretty cool. We'll check it out. And they finally sat down and they watched the whole thing in two nights. <laughs> yeah, dude. Well, we, watched we got home uh, from whatever we were doing. Oh, I had a mini painting class uh, that Saturday. And we got home that Saturday evening. And it was like 7 or 8 o'clock. And I was like, I just kind of want to relax and just watch some TV. And I was just like, I don't want to watch anything that I have to watch for the show. So I was like, I'm going to check out this Hunters. And I was two episodes in. And as soon as I finished episode two, that's when I messaged you. I was like, dude, you got to check this fucking show out. And you're like, hey, just want to make a review thing? I was like, sure. You know, end up watching the third episode of Saturday night. It's about 11 o'clock quit for the night but then sunday misty was off work i didn't have anything to fucking do it was a rainy nasty shitty day so we just over the course of sunday from eight o'clock in the morning until about eight that night we watched the last seven episodes uh you know took a break here and there but just spent the day watching it and enjoying the hell out of it yeah it's it's I was really surprised. I, I I think I came downstairs at one point, and I was like, "How far are you guys in Hunters?" And they were both like, "Done." <laughs> it's like, "Wow!" Oh, 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 what? And then we talked about the ending, and we were talking about what we saw coming and didn't see coming. And I'm keeping that as vague as fucking possible, by the way. Did you Isn't see that? that ending coming? No. <laughs> really? Absolutely not. I saw. I saw. Well, what ending? <laughs> we gotta get shut up. Nope. No. Nope. We'll discuss time. it. We'll discuss it off air. <laughs> I don't want to spoil anything about this. I yeah. I'll say. I'll say. Out of out of one hundred percent of the ending, I saw maybe thirty percent of it coming. So there's that. Well, I don't. Well, you know, without knowing what you're talking about, I have no way to process that. So we'll move on. Right. That was the point. <laughs> Uh, so the next show we're going to talk about, guys, is Altered Carbon Season 2. If you remember, Josh and I talked about Altered Carbon Season 1, what seems like two years ago. Yeah, um, it was. It was. Jesus. February um, 2nd, 2018 is when it debuted. Uh, if I remember correctly, we both loved it. We both gave it, I think, an A+. Plus. Um, we did. We did. Uh, so we were both really looking forward to this season. Uh, and boy, oh boy, is this season different. Boy, very, oh boy. Very different. Yeah, so um, if you would, uh, do you, if you're you going to give a synopsis of maybe the, the recap of the first season and synopsis of the second season, I don't know what you want to do. Okay, Even, well, season one, for those of you who may not have rewatched season one before watching season two, if you did, or if you're just thinking about it, season one takes place, it's set about 360 years in the future, in the year 2384. It's very cyberpunk-esque. Uh, there's a futuristic metropolis known as Bay City, and it's set in the San Francisco, Oakland region. Um, uh, it's the future. People really don't die anymore. Uh, their memories and consciousness consciousness is decanted into a disc-shaped device called a cortical stack, which is implanted directly into the vertebrae at the back of the neck when a person reaches uh, one year of age. These storage devices are of alien design, 
they've been reverse engineered mass produced so physical or physical human or synthetic bodies are referred to now as sleeves because you're you can basically change your sleeve just like you change your clothes it's that simple you can just inhabit one body and all of a sudden inhabit another um, however, so a however, person can never truly die unless their stack is destroyed, which and is that's, what the, that's one thing the show that's one thing the season one even talks about is that if you do put your stack into a different sleeve than what your stack knows you to be, it can fuck with your head real hard. Yeah, yeah, you can have hallucinations and some people go crazy because they've done it too much or have you know, a body has inhabit had too many inhabitants. Uh, so it's wild. So the first season focuses around Takeshi Kovach. Um, he is removed from a prison sentence. He has been on ice, as they call it, for 250 years. He's brought out to solve the murder. To solve a murder, uh, he's hired by a meth that only the wealthiest they live forever because they have more money than they know what to do with. And they have clones that they can just, if something happens to them, they have their memory backed up and they can go to their clones that are on standby immediately. And without losing, you know, at most 48 to 72 hours of time at most, um, this meth Bancroft hired Takeshi to solve his murder because he was murdered 10 minutes before his memory was backed up. Uh, that's what the first season focuses on. And it's really, really good because it just, uh, the characters in the show are wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, and that was a lot of it was like the setting was really cool. The cyberpunky kind of setting. And then, and then all the characters were really fun and, you're yep. getting a lot of backstory too on Kovach as like he's what they refer to as the last envoy. Uh, envoy was a group of guerrilla uh, freedom fighters uh, that wanted to restore real death to society. They wanted to eliminate, you know, put like an age cap on everybody with software in their stacks. Nobody lives past 100. That's it. Once you hit a hundred, you're you're done. That's what their goal was in the show. Um, they failed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and you see the backstory of why it failed and what happened and this and that, yeah. and that's all intertwined with the murder mystery and um, the noir esque feeling. The very the yeah, very noir. And here's the thing: season one. Really, there's a lot of differences between it and the book. Really? Um, yeah. The hotel. In the book, he stays in an AI hotel. In the show, he stays in an AI hotel. In the show, it's called The Raven, and the caretaker is known as Poe, taken after Edgar Allan Poe. And it's a very Victorian-era, dark-style hotel. In the book, it's called The Hendrix and the AI uh, is just a blonde girl, but there's like the watchtower bar and stuff like that. But the Hendrix estate didn't want anything violent associated with the, with uh, 
the name, so they changed it to that, and I think it's a better change. Um, also, in the first book, like Kelkesh Falconer wasn't the person that taught Kovach. They never had a romantic relationship in the books. Uh, Raylene was not his sister. She was just a criminal underboss that so, he worked for. So, wow, that's really different. <laughs> it's very, very different. And I thought season two might be based on book two. It's more book three than book two. Re wow. And it's a combination of storylines from book two with book three, with characters from book one. It's very, but the thing is, honestly, I think the changes made for the show are for the better. Yeah, it sounds like it because <laughs> it made the, man, that's so weird. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what to think of that. That's, that's bizarre. I mean, so, I, I've experienced that before. Like I've experienced the, the, the source material not being as good as the adaptation. Oh, uh, the Umbrella Academy. <laughs> that's definitely one of them uh wanted i think the movie is a thousand times better than the than the, than the graphic novel mm, haven't seen or read either oh all right well audience there you go that's my uh that's my hot hot take for the day but um yeah season two at the end of season one kovach he solves the murder he gets his pardon you know, he's no longer a wanted fugitive in the galaxy. He gets his pardon. He gets paid like 50 million uh, credits that are good in any of the settled worlds. Uh, of course, he has to give up the sleeve that he's in. And he's not given his original birth sleeve. Um, so they give him a, a new body. Season two picks up 30 years later. And it starts out, he is back on Harlan's world, which is the world he was born on. It is the world that in the show was portrayed as the birthplace of the uh, envoys and the revolution. See, in the book, the envoys are just part of the protectorate. And he was a protectorate soldier. He didn't defect. He was just selected to go into the envoy program. But right. in this, they made the envoys the revolutionaries. And the protectorate kind of like, you know, not quite fascist government, but not the like, like, you know, squeaky clean government either. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but this, it takes place. He is. He's obsessed with finding Falconer. You know, that was the one love of his life in the show. And he's trying to do what he can to find her. And a guy says, hey, my life's in danger. I want to hire you to bodyguard me. And by the time he gets there, the guy's already been murdered. Like real death the fuck out. He is gone. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. He's not coming back. I will say, I will say there's one thing about calling it real death that bothers me a little bit and it's it's super cheesy and it kind of reminds me of uh some of the cheesiness that was in um um oh my god the movie by the wachowskis 
that uh, had uh, Tom Hanks saying like the true true. Oh my god, what's the name of that movie? Oh, okay, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I can't think of the name of the movie. I'm gonna look it up because it's gonna drive me nuts till I find out. But yeah, it just like it just kind of has this weird like silliness to it that I w- that I've never been a real big fan of. But um, yeah. It doesn't detract. That. It doesn't detract. Like I'm not saying like, oh, this makes the show you bad. Just think, like, it's just, you just think it's a cheesy term for it, another. But how? What? What? What other way would you just call it? It's just, just fucking dead. Well, I think it's. I think calling it. Really I think. Isn't, I think isn't you should have. Than, I think you should right? have dead. Fucking dead. <laughs> right. They're dead. They can come back. I think it's the way they They're use fucking it. Fucking dead. Like a, <laughs> I think as it's the way they verb. use it as, an, as a verb. Yeah, I think it's what bothers me. Our deed. Maybe yeah, that might that might fix it. And then again, I watched an entire fucking show. No, I mean show. that's that's what they call it. They call it our oh, really? for sure. Yeah. Oh, I I don't remember that, but I, I I did watch an entire show that used a fake word for fuck for an entire four seasons. I know you haven't watched uh, Battlestar Galactica, the the uh, the adaptation, like the remake or whatever, but um. Mm-hmm. They uh, instead of saying fuck, they say frack, the whole show, the mm-hmm. whole time. So anytime somebody wants to say, it, they're like, "It's fracking thing," and it's like, "Well, it's on sci-fi." <laughs> huh. So I can't be too critical of it, but it was always something that kind of got to me. I was like, eh, I can't do without that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, season two. I mean, he's uh. He's traveling with Poe because at the end of season one, Poe's AI hotel, the Raven, was destroyed, and you thought he was destroyed. But apparently, Kovach has preserved him into a, an emitter, and he travels with Poe, and Poe can be released, you know, like a genie from a bottle when he releases from the emitter, or he can come and go as he pleases when he wants. Uh, but he doesn't really have a physical mass to time himself to anymore. Like he did with the hotel. Um, so Poe's glitching out bad. He's got, he just forgets things. Uh, it's like Misty. When she walks into a room, she's like with purpose and getting ready to do something. And then she just like sits down and she's like, I don't know what I was going to do. Um, and I, you think I'm kidding, but that happens several times. <laughs> I believe you. I'm worried about her. Gonna have to put her in a home. <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. Cloud um, Atlas, fuck me. Okay, sorry. Mm-hmm. Go. <laughs> Cloud Atlas. Yeah, that one. We're good. Jesus. But now Kovacs is trying to figure out who had it in for this guy that hired him, and then also how did they know he was coming? Seems like he's being targeted. He actually comes across who he thinks is Kelcrest Falconer. And they see each other and she seems to recognize him and then she's not. And it's a quest to find her, see what's up with her, and also see what's up with these founders of this world getting murdered. It's there's a lot going on in season two. Now there was a lot going on in season one too. I think season one, I think season one was more tightly focused than season two. Absolutely. I think season two, a lot of the time I was like, where are we going now? Hold on. I wasn't ready. 
I guess we're just going. Fuck it. Um, and the ending, man. The ending really bummed me out. I was like, really? Is this a whole new threat? <laughs> okay. Well, I think they had to end it like that. Because in the books, there's not a present-day Kovach and then a, you know, pre-existing Kovach. It was just him and SeaTac in the Envoy system doing this I, stuff. I really so, dislike. I really dislike when when sci-fi stories go. Here's ninety percent of a story. And we're going to get it all the way there. And then all of a sudden there's going to be a whole different fucking antagonist. I hate that. Yep. And this yep. show does that. This show absolutely does that. Um, yeah, others it did that. It <laughs> absolutely <laughs> did. <laughs> yeah. I know other people don't, it doesn't bother them, but it always bothers me. Cause I'm just like, why, why did you do that? I was really enjoying what you had going and they, yeah. they didn't have to go that route. Like I thought about the story and I was like, you could have gone a different route. You could have made it more personal, but they didn't. They were just like, I don't want to spoil it for anybody who hasn't seen it or wants to see it, but they were just like, nope, entirely new threat. Like we've mentioned it through the whole show. So it's supposed to not feel like an entirely new threat, but boy, oh boy, does it ever. It, it didn't feel so much like a new threat until it actually was a new threat. It was right. just like, okay, well, we can appease this, you know, make it go away. And then it turned into, oh, fuck me. Well, it felt like a new threat. It felt like a, a, just a tacked on problem that they were going to have to deal with, like in episode fucking six when, well, at the yeah. end of five, I should say. There was a lot of that in the show that I didn't like, where it was just like, it felt like it was a new thing for the sake of moving a plot along versus just having organic story elements like season one did. Mm -hmm. um, it almost felt like this season was written by an, an entirely different team. And it might have been for all I fucking know. But the other thing I didn't like about this season versus last season is that this felt less cyberpunky than the last season. And that was something it that absolutely I did. Yeah. Like it felt, it felt sci-fi, but it felt, it did not have that like Blade Runnery type of feel that season one had that I really No, liked. it didn't. So I was just kind of disappointed in that. I mean, it's not like, again, it, it, it's not a huge detriment to the show and maybe it's good for the health of the show to keep alive for some people. But for me, I was just a little bummed by it. I was like, ah, oh, it sucks. Like it, it does have its cyberpunky moments. Like I can't think of her name, but she's the, um, She's one of the characters that helps them and has like the three like weird Oh yeah things on her head. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. That's uh Trip. 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 Played yeah, by she, Simone Messick. Yeah, she's um, she's awesome. Like that's Messick. actually one thing I will I will say that was absolutely fantastic about the show. Not a bad actor in the bunch. No, not at all. Uh and honestly, I think Anthony Mackie was the weakest uh link out of everybody i think the problem was is that it's anthony mackie's a great actor he i've is. seen him do things this role was how brooding Not, and, and <laughs> yeah <laughs> he just he did he didn't get he didn't stretch his arms he didn't he just got to be there and grimace and yell a couple times i was like oh okay yeah. anthony mackie's in the show for what reason 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, and you know, they had uh, Will Yun Lee is playing the original Kovach. Um, but know, it seemed like in the he, role. Yeah, it seemed like when he, or what well, the guy that played him in the first season, the white guy, I can't think of that guy's name. Joel Kinnaman. Joel Kinnaman. That Joel Kinnaman got to have some acting moments as Kovach, but uh, it's weird. It's weird because so far out of the three actors, I guess technically four that we've seen play Takashi, is it four or five that we've seen him four, in? Four, four in adult form, one in child form. Okay. Uh, because there was the original that you see, William Lee, that's the one that was in right. this season. And his, his season original one. Form. Well, there was also the clone that he had to fight of himself in Fight Drum in season one. Right. Well, and I'm they talking said about like, that his actual was, consciousness. Oh, his actual consciousness? Yeah, he's uh, been in he's, three. He was... Three. But they've had four on-screen bodies for him, not counting the child. So... Well, that's that's kind of what I'm talking about, because we see him in a female sleeve at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. So I was counting four in that regard. Okay, um, well, then technically it'd be five. Are you talking about the kid, too? No. I don't okay. know. Anyway, there's been several people. <laughs> Takashi Kovach is basically Doctor Who for Cyberpunk crowd. Um, but only one heart. Only one heart. Um, that threw me off for a second. I was like, only one heart. Uh, doctor, yes, one heart. Um, yeah. So there was just a, there was just a few like theming situations with the show that I wasn't the world's biggest fan of, and I got past them because the story is interesting. It is the an story interesting is story. good. The story is good. Uh, it's a little is bit of a bottle. Good? I was going to say, is it as good as season one story? No. I don't think so. No, it's not. It's, but it's not a bad story. No, there's there's a term in, in movies called like a bottle episode or a bottle movie where uh, the entire plot takes place in one location. And for for me, this, this show felt like a bottle season where it takes place in one city. It's all one's world and it's all around that one city uh, with season one. Yes, he was in Bay City, but Bay City was huge. And then there was also um, the flight to Harlan's world. So you got both settings. Yeah. It felt like, I felt like, maybe my memory is not as correct as I thought, but they they went off world in season one. But maybe not. Maybe it was a flashback? Flashbacks with him were off world. Um, Okay. Yeah, but everything that happened while he was in the police officer's body that he was in in season one took place in Bay City and the surrounding areas. He didn't go off-world any. Right. I think one of the things about cyberpunk that I love is the setting. I love I love cyberpunk cities. I love mm-hmm. how that stuff looks, and this show definitely does that very well, too. And spades, man. Yeah. And, you know, it still it still managed to do it somewhat in season two just not as well as it did in season one correct very correct i mean there's a lot of shots like one of my favorite fucking shots in this is like towards the end of the season when the uh the clone of takashi is talking to uh uh trep um Mm -hmm. she's like 
she's pissed off and they're standing in an alleyway that's covered in graffiti, but it's still got neon and shit. Like, it's like, Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Almost fucking choked on my own spit there. Um, you, yeah, it was awful. Uh, shots like that. I, I fucking adore shots like that. I just like, that's my bread and butter. I, I love that shit. Like, and the other thing that I ha- like, for some reason, I love comedy in my stories. Mm-hmm. This, this, this kind of show if you threw in some weird fucking hey, yuck, 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 it'd feel out of place. Like yeah. cyberpunk needs to be dark and gritty and like, oh, like I love, oh, like again, I always go back to Blade Runner because I feel like that's the antithesis of cyberpunk. Mm-hmm. There was an old video game that came out a long time ago um, called Shadowrun. Yeah, yeah. Never played it, but I'm familiar. I didn't play it too much because I had a friend that actually played it and I watched him play it. God, did I love the setting to the fucking shadow run. <laughs> I'm looking forward to uh, Cyberpunk 2077 that's coming out, what, later this year? Oh, yeah. I'm oh, definitely going to get that. Like, if you've ever played a Bethesda game, is it Bethesda? No, it's uh, CD Projekt Red. Well, yeah. I, mean, I could throw up, like, the idea is that you are a character that makes decisions and whatever decision you make has repercussions and a ripple effect on all that jazz. Mm-hmm. Um, I am going to play that game my first go as as pacifist as I can. Nice. I'm I'm going to talk my way out of every situation as best I possibly can. I'm so excited for that show, that game. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um. Yeah. So, like, it, uh, going back to to uh, uh, altered, altered carbon, um, I would say the best thing of this season, the absolute best thing of this season, were the AIs. Oh, absolutely. I loved, God, I loved her. She was a wonderful addition to the cast. Mm-hmm. I fucking absolutely. adored her character. Yeah, same here. And and Poe's story, oh, man, it was so good. Yeah, it was. Those AIs, man, they were, they were fun to watch, which is crazy uh, he's, because... He's, and what's great is just he is so human. In his yeah. characteristics, that's yeah. what makes him such a great character. But what, yeah, it, it's it's so he's he's very human in his characteristics, and that's what makes it so great. But at the exact same time, he's still an AI and still has to follow a set of programmed yeah. rules. And yeah. um, so he'll still say things and do things that he doesn't want to. And uh, I love watching his dichotomy with, with Kovach later in the season when he's not, you know, quote unquote employed by him anymore. Yeah. There's so much fun. And again, like you said, like again, dig what, what a wonderful addition to the show. Just geez. Like I honestly, if dig wasn't in this season, it might've gotten a lower score. <laughs> oh, absolutely. She's a full litter grade on her own. Yeah. A hundred percent. And Hey, I'm a happily married man, but damn, what an attractive lady. I uh, straight up, straight the fuck up. Cute, cute as hell. There's Just there's adorable. No, there's really not an ugly woman in this show. No, no, not at all. But, I'll, I'll I'll go as far as to say there's not an ugly well, there are. <laughs> oh, I, 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 I wanna know. I wanna know what you thought about Carrera's character. Did you see that coming, who he was? Uh, no, no, I didn't. I, 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 but I wasn't, it wasn't a shock to me. It was one of those like moments where I, I didn't really see it coming, but at the same time, I didn't, 
it didn't blow me away. I was just kind of like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, well, see, I rewatched season one in between watching Hunters and waiting for season two. So I rewatched season one. So it was all fresh in my head again because it'd been almost two years since I'd watched it. Um, right. Yeah. So when I saw him, I was like, dude, I was like, that's got to be this person. And then when he had him in custody and was saying something to him and they said that one phrase is like, holy fuck it is. And then, of course, it later confirms it later on in the episode, you know, but I was thinking it like an episode or two before that. I was just like, oh, uh, yeah, I, it was I thought it was very cool. I thought it was a very mm-hmm. uh, addition to this to the plot to make, you know, uh, uh, Takashi be a bit more. um Make it a bit more personal for him. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and this character is not a, an unlockable character. He just, it's perceived that he is a scumbag, but he's really not. You know, I mean, for the most part, he's following orders, but he really, I think he really believes that he's trying to do the right thing. You know? Yeah. Well, that's, you know, that's the mark of a good, villain or a good antagonist is they don't see themselves as the antagonist slash villain. They, they think what they're doing is for the benefit and he's definitely in that category. I hate, I hate when bad guys say like, I'm doing this because I'm evil. I'm like, Oh boy, that was fun for a minute. So, you know, I, I also don't mind just an evil schmuck for the sake of being an evil schmuck. Um, I like it when a character is, very gray though i like this and you know clearly not clearly straight up an antagonist you know what i'm saying yeah because as the series progressed on it's like okay he's not quite the dick that you thought he was right i'm sorry for the yawn i apologize yeah here we go um yeah i get you but um, yeah, there, I, I don't want to say too much because I really don't want to spoil this. Yeah, I'm um, avoiding certain things. It's, well. it's definitely not as good as season one, but by no means is this season a bad season. It's it's not an... Um, I think it's actually beneficial for it that it's only eight episodes and not ten. Yeah, yeah. I think it's good that... I don't know if there will be a third season. They haven't, yeah, they haven't said anything yet because season one was a lot of the plot and the spirit of the book was book one, season one. Season two is a mix of book two and a lot of elements of book three. I think so. It's like, where do they go from here? I genuinely think that in, in two years' time, if they get renewed in two years' time, whatever they do, they should make it a finale. Yeah, sure I, think they, I think they should. I really do. Now, there is an Altered Carbon anime that's getting ready to launch in a couple of weeks on Netflix, on Netflix that is not related to the Kovach character in any way. I, it's that, set in that universe, and I'm yeah, very I, curious about checking that out. Yeah, I think I think Altered Carbon really sets itself up for like an RPG-style idea of a world. Yes, it does. <laughs> yes, it does. So, I mean, with stacks and being able to put stacks in different sleeves and all that jazz and like being mm-hmm. able to youngify yourself for decades or for centuries, 
Oh, and I, and I really like the way that, you know, sleeves can be modified with militaristic upgrades and this and that. That was some cool shit to see. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, man, the the universe is wonderful. The show's great. So I think they should do more, not just anime. Like, I think they should have a whole other series about different characters that take place in a different area with that are within this universe, written completely uh, d- uh, divorced from the from the show, from the books. Mm-hmm. Just like well, in- the, the the series creator that wrote the books, Richard K. Morgan, he's actually said, you know, after seeing the popularity of this show and seeing what they've done with the character, he's like, I might do a fourth book now. Because, you know, he he wrote the books in the early 2000s. It came out in the first, like, 2001, <laughs> 2, 3, 4, 5, somewhere in there. Kind of like the not, guy who wrote, who wrote Witcher. He was like, I didn't expect this to blow up in popularity in video games and movies, but it's yeah. making me want to get back into writing Witcher. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, I, I think, I really think that the Kovach story should end season three it should end like they because they, they have a cliffhanger to season three i'm not gonna say what it is but they do or, or yeah cliffhanger at the end of season two yeah i mean sorry i meant four season three it was say, it was it was a pleasant cliffhanger though it's just like mm-hmm. oh shit that's nice that's awesome yeah made me smile um after such a harsh harsh story oh that was brutal to see wasn't it uh-huh but uh you want to go ahead and uh, give grades to it, sir? Yeah, yeah. What grade would you give this? Uh, a solid B. Um, B. Yeah, not not an A, but not a B plus. Like, there's just too much, too much uh, uh, um, tropes being used that just kind of bothered me a little bit. Um, but the acting and and for more or less the plot is good enough to have been like, and the and the gorgeous settings. Like, I'm sorry, like it it looks. Yeah fucking beautiful like they they took a lot of time on stuff and then the poe story man like honestly everything would have made this like a b minus but the the poe and and dig stuff really bring it up a grade so um but yeah I, I give it a solid b it's 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 a it's a good season again like i said it's not as good as season one not by a long shot but it's it's definitely a digestible and b worth your time so yeah there you go what do you what's uh, your, what do you think i was gonna say b plus um there you go you hmm. know it's it's solid. It's not stellar like the first season, but in by no means is it bad. Uh, the visual effects are great. The storyline's great. Uh, you know, well, good. Um, there are some plot thing, you know, some plot the way it's weaved in. It's very busy at times, uh, which can detract just a little. But the performances are really, really good. I, I wish Anthony Mackie had been given more to do because he's very brooding and dejected. Um, and here's the thing, you know, because the books didn't follow that, I don't know if it had been more by the book, how much they could follow that, you know, how differently he would have had to portray the character. You know what I mean? Cause right. he was very dark and brooding and angry at things. Um, but it was interesting to see basically two versions, one 280 years removed from the other, you know? Yeah. 
and how they view things and then the common ground that basically they share it was interesting to see that stuff um and see how one changes his viewpoints and one just really shocks you with holy shit uh but yeah yeah i don't want to say too much revealing uh but it's a b plus it's fun it's good if you like like season one you'll like season two odds are or if you're just a fan of cyberpunk like yeah yeah if you haven't watched season one that's definitely the one you should watch you should start with for sure don't go right into season two start with season one Oh God! Why would you ever want to jump to the second part of a story? I know, over the I know first? people that do that. I know people that do that. They just want to get caught up. They don't care. But they've not seen the first up to that. Mm-hmm. But they just want to jump. <sighs> <laughs> I've known a lot of people to do that with, like, uh, um, a lot of long, long running shows animes or, or just like like supernatural is one of them for sure that people just hop right the fuck into like season five here we go it's like okay so mm, i can't but, do uh, that yeah neither could i but yeah just saying it out loud anyway i don't think our audience does that but i also don't know everybody that well <laughs> there might be somebody listening going like i do that we're just asking that you don't I mean, you can realize the way you want to, but... I'm just suggesting that season one's better. That's all I'm saying. Well, I'm also suggesting that a plot's easier to follow if you have what came before instead of just jumping to a certain point and then wondering, well, why does this work this way? Well, if you had watched the first part, you'd know. That's fair. Oh, I'm sorry. Gosh, it's late. Um, Yeah, yeah, it is. It's uh, seven minutes till 1 a.m. for me. Jesus. on well, this wednesday night well, why don't we go ahead and wrap this sucker up uh call it a show uh guys uh in two weeks time we're going to be talking about the new season of castlevania which launches the same day this episode goes live um this friday just to be specific about that um and we're gonna so we're gonna watch all of that we've loved everything so far from the airy schreifer 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 whatever um mm-hmm. anime ish as you call it an anime, it's American made, but whatever, very looks very anime of uh, Castlevania. Um, it's been fucking fantastic. So I'm excited about the new season um, or the new string of episodes. They haven't even really called it a season. They're just like new episodes. <laughs> Here you go. I'm pretty sure they said season three. As I saw a post or like a picture of it from the NX uh, Twitter account, I didn't see a season three on the poster, but. I, but I mean, the actual trailer on Netflix said season three. Uh, well, there you go. Um, That's why you should never get your news from Twitter, sir. It's from the official Netflix accounts, sir. Well, they're run by numbnutses. You're a numbnutses. <laughs> so is your face. Anyway. We're gonna watch. Uh, so we're gonna watch Castlevania season three, and we're gonna watch uh, a movie that I've actually been kind of looking forward to. Part of my growing up age, like my young adult age, um, and I love all the movies leading up to this. But Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Uh, no, it's the Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Is that what they're calling it? I thought it was Strikes Back. No, no, Strikes Back was the movie that came out in two thousand one or two thousand two. <sighs> I'm an idiot. Yep. 
Okay, wrote it down. Did correctly. you ever? Did you ever watch the Clerks cartoon? Uh huh. You remember that time when Dante was uh, Randall was mocking Dante? I'm Dante, and I'm the biggest idiot ever. That's kind of what I wanted to do to you right now. Um, I mean, that's fair. No, I'm I, just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I remember when I was uh, roughly, I want to say, seventeen. Somewhere in there, my friend was like, you got to watch Clerks. And so I sat down and watched Clerks with her, and we got really, really high and watched Clerks. And I loved it. I was like, this is the best. And then someone was like, you should see Kevin Smith other movies. And so then I watched uh, Mall Rats, and then I watched uh, Chasing Amy, and I was like, this is dope. And uh, Chasing Amy, not as much, but I still liked it a lot. And then um, I got to see Dogma in theater. In the, in the oh theater, wow! In theaters, wow. yeah. And I remember when Dogma came out because there was a shit ton of protests. Yeah, there was. <clears throat> um, I wasn't aware of it at the time because I didn't see any of them. I remember when I lived in South Carolina, uh, Mallrats came out, and I remember seeing the trailer for it. And I was like, "Damn, I want to go see that," but I didn't get to. I remember seeing a trailer for Chasing Amy, and I was like, "Damn, I want to go see that," but I didn't get to. Theaters around me just weren't playing them. Ah, uh, okay. And then at the time, I didn't know anything about Dogma. I hadn't seen Clerks. And then a former roommate of mine, this is before we were roommates, he's like, I'm going to bring a movie over for you to watch. And I was like, okay. Uh, he's like, because you look just like this dude. Because at the time, you know, uh, when I was a little thinner, I did I did look a lot like Silent Bob. Um, and we he got all four movies that were out at the time, Clerks, Mallrats, Chasing Amy and Dogma, and we watched them all over the course of a couple of days. Fucking fell in love with them, man. Um, I, uh, hell, I had a trench coat. I had a movie hat. I would walk around and just not say shit to people. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't. I would not say anything to people. I remember uh, I used to go to like a lot of underground rock shows, metal shows and shit that would be in like old abandoned warehouses and shit like that. Uh, when I was younger and everybody for, from about, from about the year 2000 to about 2004 or five, everybody just called me silent Bob because I didn't, I I wouldn't say shit to people in public. Like if there were crowds or anything, I wouldn't say anything. (laughs) And I would just look at my friends and nod to them or gesture to them. And they'd say something and we'd just walk off and then we would talk about whatever but it was funny. I, I for years, like we would quote Jane Silent Bob Strike Back, and like like somebody would say that the Click Commander, Snoochie Boochies, all that kind of shit for like, forever. Like got a little bit annoying, but um, I was looking, I was just looking at his IMDb, and I forgot about Jersey Girl because <laughs> because I remember at the time it was it was like three years after Jane Silent Bob Strike Back, and we were just like, why is Kevin Smith making a movie without Jane Silent Bob? What the fuck is wrong with it? <laughs> and then he makes coach too. And we were like, all right, cool. Cool, man. My name, my name is in that list of supporters in clerks too at the end. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. I didn't know that. I was one of the backers, uh, that helped, you know, promote and all that shit, whatever it was at the time. Uh, and back when Jersey girl was set to premiere, they did a thing on, uh, online, they wanted you to write an essay about 
why you enjoyed the Viewisk universe. And I did, and I won a trip to a free screening of Jersey Girl at Jay and Silent Bob's Secret Stash in Red Bank, New Jersey. Um, That's awesome. It was like a private screening with like 30 people, and Kevin was there. And, of course, you know, Walt Flanagan and Ming were there because Walt doesn't leave that goddamn store. But, yeah, it was fucking cool. Yeah, I was going to say the uh, the Secret Stash is definitely like a bucket list place I need to go. I want to go to. Awesome. Yeah, it's uh, basically the long and short of this little little brief intermission is that Josh and I are longtime fans of Kevin Smith and Jay and Silent Bob, so I'm very much looking forward to seeing Reboot. Was disappointed in Yoga Hosers. Oh. Did not see Yoga Hosers, but I also heard that he wasn't the full writer of that. It was a lot of his his daughter. Well, that's what I've heard. I don't know. Which I don't know. Feels like a little bit of a Sofia Coppola situation. <laughs> <laughs> that joke did not land as well as I'd hoped it did, but here we are. <laughs> but all right. Yeah, um, that's what we're gonna watch. Castlevania yeah, so, season three, the Jay and Silent Bob reboot. I now really it I didn't like get it didn't get a wide theatrical release, and it is gonna be available for streaming in a couple of weeks, or actually next weekend. So that's why we're doing it because eh, we can break our own fucking rules if we want to. And Here, here's the thing: we've already broken our rule a ton of times. We watched a, a show that, like Dracula, for example, not an original Netflix production. It was a co-production with the BBC that debuted the day after on Netflix. But do you have BBC? Right. No. I also don't have a theater that ever played reboot around here. So exactly go that way. So I'm just exactly. saying. I'm just saying. It, it was our show. A, when we'll do the fuck we want. <laughs> well, that that that's true. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm excited about both shows. Uh, it's gonna be good. Um, other than that, man, I think that's it. I think that's where we're going to end the show, and then we'll we'll be well, back next week. What? Let's tell people where in the hell they can follow us and where we at, and get out of here. Because, whew, I'm a tired boy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, well, why don't you go ahead and 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 yeah, give all the links and whatnot. Well, if you look uh, right below the episode description, you will see links to. Uh, our Discord server, where you can join the Discord server and chat with us and give us suggestions for things to uh, talk about, topics for uninhibited or shows that you think we should cover, or just talk to us in general and get to know us a little better. We enjoy all that stuff, and we're always available on Discord. Um, there's our merchandise store where you can go down and buy yourself something cool, be it a shirt, mug, what have you. There's more. Lots of things there. Uh, go get yourself something cool. Take a picture of it when you get it. Send it to us. We'll show it off on our Instagram, our Twitter, etc. because we do that. Uh, you can also follow the official Facebook page for All Queued Up where you can get official news and notes there. And the discussions group that we keep bringing up and nobody ever posts in there because we're terrible. Um, when I've I say been... nobody ever we we're both incredibly super busy and if we either one of us think of something we forget it before we can post it exactly um, like it's yeah it, it's really bad right now like oh uh, it's girl so scout cookie season for me man my daughter's a girl scout and she's 
been in since she was six. Uh, she started as a daisy. She's now a cadet. And, dude, this she did a cookie booth this afternoon after school. She's got one Friday after school. She's got one Saturday in Bristol, which is a 90-minute drive. And then she's got one Sunday in Norton, which is a 45-minute drive. Uh, and then, you know, coordinating cookie deliveries in between. Uh-huh. I'll be... We got boxes for ourselves, and I've hardly eaten just a you know a couple here and there because it's just like they're delicious and I enjoy them, but I have like two a day, <laughs> so it's all last a while. But um, yeah, uh, that, that also the uh, Instagram and Twitter accounts for the show are below. You can follow us at all those. As for me, if you want to follow me, you can do so on Facebook. My regular name easy to find it's a public profile if you wish to follow me on instagram or twitter it's linked to my facebook profile as for other shows you can catch me on aside from this one i'm on the uh realm of collectors youtube channel on a show called figure banging which airs every other wednesday it's a live show at 9 30 p.m eastern time and then on friday nights every friday at 9 p.m eastern time mpsp theater where my friends and I talk about uh, various news and our takes on things happening in the pop culture and entertainment industry, uh, specifically fo- primarily focusing on like movies, TV shows, and comics, but we do a lot of other stuff too. So if that's anything up your alley, check us out. Other than that, where can they find you, Greg? Uh, you can find me on any me- social media website under Chub Rock Geek. Uh, literally like anything. I, I, I try to brand that. Um, you can also find me on Twitch where, uh, where that's where Josh and I, it's our home of, of streaming some Jackbox from time to time. As a matter of fact, speaking of Jackbox, uh, uh, PAX East was this last weekend Mm -hmm. and, uh, they, uh, Jackbox announced, um, the first game of Jackbox party pack seven. Uh, and it is quiplash three. Fuck Yes. So this fall, we'll be playing, uh, I mean, we're going to be playing a lot of Jackbox up to that point, but this fall, I'm very excited that we'll be playing some more Quiplash, because that's one of my fucking favorites that they've ever made. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so yeah, there's that. But yeah, we, we, uh, hopefully we're going to, we're going to stream, can, are we going to be able to get a stream in this weekend, Josh? Nah, man. No, no I'll be okay. in Bristol. Okay. Yeah, well, I, won't, oh. I won't be home before 10 p.m. Eastern, and I'll be tired. Plus, I'll have to get back up the next day. Yeah, um, now, after this weekend, I won't have any major out-of-town booths, so probably the Saturday after I might be good, maybe. Uh, okay. The 14th, maybe. But the 21st, I know I'm out because I am booked that day. Uh, but, yeah. So maybe on the fourteenth we can do something. Okay. Well, well, we'll we'll try to plan that. Um, we'll try to advertise it one now. We'll make sure that we get it out there in time. Yeah, more than like three hours ahead of time. And <laughs> yeah, we're really bad about that. Um, this wee shit. You got a fucking mouse in your pocket? <laughs> what? I said, what's this wee shit? No, you have I a fucking you. mouse in your pocket. That, that wasn't a what of, of of not hearing you. That was a, excuse me, sir? 
Well, it all depends on if we're doing it is if you're the one that's going to stream it. I'm going to contract so, coronavirus and cough on an envelope and send it to you. Oh, I oh, can't wait to lick it. Gross. Gross. You know, I've, heard, I've heard the best way to build intolerance to the coronavirus is to eat ass. So. What? I'm just, I'm just, I'm just gonna say at this point. See you guys next time. Bye. It was just a fucking joke. Oh my god, I saw it in a meme. It was funny. My brain, my brain. Oh, I mean, it is 2020, so you know, so everyone eats ass now. It's as Sonic says in the new Sonic movie. Go fast and eat ass. Isn't isn't that the fuck? Uh, wasn't that wasn't that what Brittany got going where she works? I'm not going to say the name of the company or anything. She's like, it's 2020. Everybody eats ass. What's wrong with you or something like that? I mean, more or less, yeah. <laughs> uh, she's awesome. Yeah, she All is. right. Well, let's get out of here. Yeah, guys. Again, Castlevania Season 3, Jay and Silent Bob Reboot. We'll see you next week with some uninhibited. Enjoy your weekend. Bye, everybody. Love you. Take care, everybody.